Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Adventures into Reality. I am joined by my intrepid international co-host, Kathy Ma. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you. It's great to be here again. What a great day to be alive as well. I mean, everything is so good. You can feel the energy right now. Wow. I'm really loving May right now. (laughs) Me too. Spring is in the air and summer is shortly there. And all of those outdoor springy summer projects that are bringing people to plant their crops or to go out and experience nature is happening, you know, you know, and then the, the love is in the air, the spring energy too. Oh yeah. You can definitely feel it. I mean, even just the birds flying around, chirping everywhere, you know, birth, rebirth, uh, we had a nest in our garage that's been there for, I don't know, maybe six weeks. And it's it's been a bit of a, a problem for us in that we can't keep the garage door shut because then the birds can't get in and out. But the little eggs have hatched. We watch the little birds grow from just nothing to all fluffy. And then we actually witnessed the first flight of one of them. I was like, wow, this is like the nature channel. <laughs> <laughs> the nature channel, exactly. <laughs> Going out with my co- coffee, like, wow. <laughs> Speaking about nature channel, you had an opportunity to go fishing recently. I did. I did. It was really, really good fun. Um, I went up to Lake Moss, which was, well, is a beautiful place. And uh a friend of ours and his um, kids came out and brought the rods and the bait. And, you know, unfortunately, it took a long time to get it all set up. So it didn't get as many hours of fishing in as I'd hoped. Um, but, you know, the weird thing is, like, I, I do enjoy fishing. And, and normally I'm, you know, rarely come home empty-handed. Even if it's teeny-weeny, I do manage to catch something. And this is probably one of the few times that I didn't. And the, the, the bloke that brought the um, rods did manage to catch a, a big catfish, which, of course, I took a photo next to. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I never said it was mine, but <laughs> um, but it was, it was really funny because reflecting on it later, like a week later, I was thinking normally if I do go fishing, I do actually have a – a ritual of my own, I guess, just a personal one where, you know, I look at the lake and I mentally, am, you know, I'm talking to it and thanking it already for the fish that I'm going to catch and how I'm going to eat them. I'm not going to squander all that kind of stuff. And this time I didn't. So I'm not sure, but possibly that's part of maybe why I didn't catch something because I had not given, you know, that energy out or the thanks or I don't know. Or I could have just been that unlucky. <laughs> I can remember going fishing when I was young. Um, my dad would take us or my friend Mike um, and and his brother Kurt and his brother Brian. They were really big into fishing too. And they had a boat and we would oftentimes go on to Lake Erie or we would go and do river fishing where we'd all grab our bikes and a bucket and fishing rods and, you know, 10 kids on bikes, each, each carrying a little bit of all the stuff that you're going to need for the day. And about six miles from my house, um, where's this river called the Chigrin River that had a dam that was built on it. 
and you can go and catch perch and trout in the spring or, or in the, the, the river trout or, or salmon would also come up these rivers. Ooh. And there was, wasn't just this river. There was the Silver River, the Copper River. The, the, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of rivers that were within biking distance. You know, Obviously, our parents didn't know we, how far we were going. But as soon <laughs> as I was able to drive, within driving distance, 40 minutes in, in all directions was – the highest level of river fishing or lake fishing that you wanted. It was a matter of your skill set, if you're going to go bass fishing or whatever. Mm. And I would find myself taking these long adventures to go out to like um, the, the far part of the lake and then go into some of like the Madison Rivers, or the Madison River Estuary, which is this, I don't know, the, the best way to describe it is like a 20-mile section where a river – had a delta on one area and another and another. And over the many, many years, it's moved from one area to another and it's made up this big silt deposit. And this silt deposit allows very small fish to hide in these areas and you can have amazing fishing. You'll have walleye that come in there. You can watch the predators come in, the muskie, which are these giant, giant, giant predator fish that will eat the other predator fish. And then you'll see the schools of, of, of freshwater smelts. And you can hold your hands out in the water and, the, and all the fish will come up and start nibbling on your hand. And it doesn't cause any pain, but it tickles a little bit. Wow. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a, it was such a rich area of life to grow up in. And what I learned about fishing was the adventure to get to the fishing hole wasn't always about fishing. I can't tell you how many times I brought no bait I just brought a fishing rod with me and a, and a weight on the end, and I'd throw it in the water, and there was no, no chance of me catching a fish, but no one knew that I was just sitting there chilling, reading the Akashic records or doing whatever else that mm. I was doing. Mm. I mean, that, that's the thing about fishing, isn't it? I mean, catching the fish is actually only half the fun. It's the seeing the water is mesmerizing, hearing the water flow. Yep seeing the sun glisten off it or in some cases the rain bounce off it <laughs> exactly but just being at one with all that you know you, you, even if you go with people there's no need for talking you can all just relax into your own daydreams and just like that it's like time's passed and you have to go <laughs> yeah, exactly and i remember my middle brother mike um got a fishing rod called a mini fisherman it's basically like a fishing rod that's like 12 inches long and it mm -hmm. kind of unfolds and a little stuff and he used it for a little bit and caught you know small fish here and there and he just stopped using it so i started using it and i would go up this particular river that had a large incline but the river trout um, and the little brook trout, which are different versions of trout, they would make it all the way up this incline and they would only be, you know, six, seven inch trout. And they don't, they don't really get much bigger than that. Um, cause that's the type of river trout, you know, small, small fish mm. that they were. Um, and I could watch them spawn there and I would bring this mini fishing rod with me. And so every now and then I'd catch and release. And I realized that I had been done this thousands and thousands of other lifetimes where you would look for the fish to take you to the specific areas because the fish knew where the great energies were. Mm. And you could camp next to those places and have incredible experiences. If you were next to a pool of water where the, the, the school of trout, which could be you know, 30, 40, 50, or 100 fish were waiting, you could have some intense experiences communing with them as they're waiting to, for the sun to come up so they can dart upstream. Wow. 
I know exactly what you mean in terms of the feeling of it, though. It, it is just amazing. Watching nature is amazing. Being around it yeah. is just not only exhilarating, to, but to feel the energy of it. It's just like a pure re-energizing, regenerating kind of, oh. So in your years of being a fisherwoman, what, what's your best catch you've gotten? I'd say... My best catch was probably when I was at college. I was looking for something to do, so I, I had a rod, uh, not a very good one, but I was just driving around and I saw that there was a fishing competition. I thought, well, you know. But anyway, I rocked up and you didn't, you know, it was very amateur, like you didn't have to be <laughs> super duper. So I just thought, okay, I'll just toodle over here uh, where no one else was. It's nice and quiet. And I caught uh, the largest fish in my category, which was a carp, uh, which, of course, I ate. <laughs> I cooked it in stew. <laughs> it like a, almost like an Indian curry stew. It was really nice. But I was so excited to have caught one on that day, let alone in a competition. And being the winner of that particular category, I actually won a power drill which was the most exciting thing I've ever won. <laughs> I mean, I drilled holes everywhere. <laughs> so in, in my years of fishing, um, I, I, I was, must've been, I don't know, 13, 12, right around that area. And we were out on uh, my friend, like their, their father's boat. And I ended up catching a walleye. And this thing, I battled this thing for a good 45 minutes. Cause I had like, 12 pound test line on there and I should have never oh. caught this fish because it weighed like 11 pounds. Oh. It was a big walleye and we got it into the boat and, and right as I, as I there was getting the net on it, the line broke, but you know, the, the fish was in the net and then Brian went over into the water, but he was still able to hold the fish in the net. <laughs> <laughs> but we got it on board, and when we got back, it turned out to be one of a, a, a record catch of that season. Obviously, it's been broken since then, and that was one of my huge fishing accomplishments. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> the fish, oh, yeah. I should have never caught that fish. should have never caught that fish. Uh, but I did. I did. I, I know what you mean, though. When you, you halfway through struggling, you know your not, line isn't going to last. Exactly. <laughs> like, where's that net? <laughs> Where's that net? I still got a hundred yards to pull him in. I know. Just pull very slowly and get the net. <laughs> and then, then there were times I would go crappie fishing because in, in Ohio we have these lakes that can, they're not necessarily deep, but they've got, they're oxygenated enough where you can get large volumes of perch or crappie that grow very, very fast. Mm -hmm. And you can put three hooks on a line. That's called a crappie rig. I can't tell you how many times I would go, the goal was to get three fish at one time. And uh -huh. if you know how to work your line right, you can do it over and over. You can get doubles over and over again. And I have picture after picture after picture of me putting in three worms on one, one, one three hooks on one line and coming up with three fish. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, ooh. It's crappie fishing. I mean, they're, they're small fish. They're between four and nine inches and they're very thin and they're right. just a pan, a pan fish. And then the classically, you know, Lake Erie perch or the, the silver perch that are, that are out there. And, and there are other times that I found, you know, little fishing holes that were really fun. You catch little small fish, I'll catch and release, but they were aggressive. As soon as you put a hook in the water with the slightest little bait, they'd bite it. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I've been there, done that. You're like, what? It's well, exactly. It's like six <laughs> seconds. Oh, <laughs> and you pull back a little, a little tiny fish. <laughs> I remember um, when we were very young. Um, I, my brother, obviously, my folks and grandparents, and we went to a, a big lake up in Victoria, and we're fishing. And my brother, of course, won't take advice from no one. So he threw his line in and never pulled it in. And after four hours, we were leaving. So he finally pulled it in, and he he, he was having trouble. So Pop, uh, my grandfather was helping him pull it in, and we obviously all thought it was caught on some giant branch. And so he's trying very carefully to pull it in because he doesn't want to break the line and lose the hook. So it takes about 40 minutes for him to get it in. And what should be on the end of it but a dirty great eel. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I think it's a snake. Like, ah! <laughs> but um, yeah, so who knows how he managed to get an eel on it? But it had, um, you know, stayed on the whole time. It yeah, it was really weird. So my uh, nana, my grandma, proceeded to cook it that night, and of course she didn't put her glasses on. And there's a lot of bones in eel. <laughs> <laughs> so we all thought we were dying that day, choking. <laughs> But we were going to eat the eel. <laughs> yeah, and, and so the other kind of fishing that we would do is we would go minnow fishing, where you go bait fishing. And if you knew how the lakes worked and the temperatures of the water, you could go to certain areas where the lake and the mouth of the river would meet, and you could stick your net in the water and come up with four or 5,000 minnows. That's how abundant they could be in certain areas if you knew where to go and w- what to catch. Yeah. And and you can use those minnows. You'd you'd seed an area, or you get bait fish, which are bigger fish. You know, like double the size of minnows. And then you'd hunt for the big predator fish, which were like muskies and walleyes and pike, which can be very aggressive fish. Very very aggressive fish. Wow. You know, muskies can grow five, six, seven feet long, and channel catfish equally longer or longer than that. Yeah. You know, nine, ten feet long. <laughs> Yeah, that wouldn't have fit in my esky. <laughs> well, I, I have so many pictures of my friends catching muskies and, and channel cats. I, I I never had the benefit of catching a channel cat, but I did catch a muskie, a smaller one. And I that thing fought and fought and fought and fought. And again, I thought my line was going to break. Mm, mm. Wow. Even to the point where I was like, you know, walking into the water waist deep just so I could save my line. <laughs> <laughs> What is your favorite way to cook a fish after you've caught it? Well, it depends on the fish. That's the first Mm -hmm. thing. If it's something like a small pan fry fish steaming it. Now, a lot of the Lake Erie fish, the classic thing you do is butter and garlic on a pan fry. Um, Walleye, the best part of the walleye for me is their cheeks. Um, Mm. They pop out and they are absolutely amazing. And then there's nothing like, you know, Lake Erie perch or Lake Lake Erie freshwater smelt. I mean, you, a smelt fry is amazing. Smelt is a smaller fish, though, right? Correct, a much oh. smaller fish. Yeah. Oh. It's deep fried. Mm. Yep. Or 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 quick pan fried too, light light breading and quick pan mm. fried. Mm. I'm getting hungry talking about all this now. <laughs> Olive oil, lemon juice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fish tonight. <laughs> 
Well, how about we we turn on the wheel of callers and let mm-hmm. Laura Lee Solomon spin the wheel, and who comes up on the first wheel of caller? No, tick tock, tick tock. Who will it be? Hello. And there we go. Two four eight. Your name and where you're calling from. My name is Tammy, and I'm five from Michigan. Hi, Tammy from Michigan. So what kind of questions do you have for us today? Hi. Um, well, I am so excited to be on. Thank you. Um, I would like to ask a question about my relationship with my husband. Okay. I'm wondering if we've been there um, before in other lives, and if we have some karma that needs to be resolved in this Two, lifetime. Three, your name, where you're calling Hi, Lord. from. Whoops. My name is Tammy, and I'm five. Michigan. Hello. The, hold on. The other caller, you have to mute. So you have to mute other caller. Hi. Uh, well. All right. <laughs> Laura's going to have to take care of that caller. Anyway, sorry about that. Go ahead. Okay. So I I was hoping to ask about my relationship with my husband. If we've been um, together in other you know lifetimes, and if there's karma that we need to resolve in this lifetime. Okay. Um, what other kind of questions did you have? About that specifically or other yeah. questions? Yeah. Was that just the, the only question that you're going to have or was it mainly about the no. husband? No, I have um, a question about work, about you know my, my career, current career, and um, a question about health. Okay. I want to start with the health question first. Um, okay. and, and, and from there we'll, we'll work into your husband because it's all, it's all related. So okay. what is, what has been going on with your health and what kind of questions do you want to ask first? Well, with my health, I, um, I've had kind of a, uh, weird sensation in my left, uh, chest, breast, armpit area for several years. And I've um, gone in for the regular testing, mammograms, ultrasounds. Um, they, they've been, you know, shown that nothing there, but yet I continue to have some swelling in the area. Um, I got a thermal scan at one point, and the thermal scan said that I did have something going on, um, but the doctors kind of roll their eyes at that type of scanning. You know, they don't take right. that seriously at all. So I don't know if there's something really going on. It feels like there is, but I was wondering if you had any insight into that. Okay, so I uh, my first question is you: Have you had any arguments with yourself in the last two months that have gotten a little severe? Like you maybe are being overly strict on yourself, and then are trying to argue <laughs> your position to yourself. Yes, yes, um, yes. Regarding um, addictive behavior, um, I had uh, quit drinking and smoking uh, marijuana for a couple years, and then I, I went back into it. And, you know, I, I yes, I've been having severe arguments with myself about... This is, what is, th- this is what is causing all of your health issues. And okay. is also a lot of what is going to be causing some of your issues with your relationship, too. So the first okay. thing you have to understand, what you're feeling there is your body retaining fluids and trying to force fat cells to absorb more water. That is the bulge that you're feeling in your armpit and your, in your breast area. It's okay. literally trying to force fluids in there. 
So you need okay. to begin a process that is going to do some form of lymphatic drain. Okay. okay? Um, yes. You may discover that your legs will swell up once your yes. armpits start to go. And if that is the case, that means you are having some form of heart blood pressure issue which would okay. make sense with the self-arguments that you're creating because you are activating your adrenal gland. So seek someone that is a, a, a specialist in lymphatic drain, and then okay. after the lymphatic drains, if you notice your ankles and everything else is swelling up, then you'll have to take a more active process in understanding your salt intake. You may need to have more salt, or you may need to go drastically less on salt, and then take some form of iodine supplement. Okay. So okay. after that is figuring out a way to stop arguing with yourself. That's the most important thing is when these arguments start, what it is that you can do to remain sacred neutral and to neutralize yourself to the charge that it's being presented. Okay. Okay. So there are one more thing going on with your health issue. Did, did you have a tailbone injury when you were younger? Um, yes, I did. And what happened? I fell. I, I was uh, I was ro in a contest rolling on one of those um, spools, those large spools. It was at like a fair, and um, I was rolling on the spool, and I flew. I, I, I got going. It was going faster and faster, and I hit the log barrier at the end, and I flew into the air and landed right on my tailbone. It knocked the wind out of me. Yeah. Um, I also have scoliosis, which was even before that, but yes. So yeah. the tailbone injury is something that you're going to want to seek a separate specialist for. Um, okay. And I will recommend a cranial sacral therapist before any type of spinal adjustments. Because okay. right now the fascia around your tailbone are so tight that it's almost like 70% of your cranial fluid isn't actually being exchanged throughout your full spinal column. Okay. So you're literally okay. functioning at 30% of your synaptic power right now because of that wow. tailbone injury. And what you're going to even discover is after the cranial sacral therapy works on it, it may actually have black and blue stuff come to the surface that has been stuck there for all that time. Wow. Okay. okay. So mm -hmm. lymphatic drain, cranial sacral therapist, looking for the swelling. Now, I want to bring Kathy in here because she's going to have an additional perspective of what's going on with the medical side, and then this will lead into what's going on with your husband. Okay. Thank you. Uh, hi, Tammy. Um, do, you have, do you have a tightness around your chest as well, like just above your breast and underneath yes. your collarbone? Yes, um, I do. Okay. Because, I mean, number one, I think, what Andrew has recommended is very good, especially the lymphatic drainage. That's very highlighted for me too when I look at your energy. But I also see a tightness there, um, which it, it's, I, I'd almost say it's not that it's nothing, but it's not super big anything. Um, but this tightness is affecting the rest of the, your body, the way you hold yourself, the way you feel stress in your body and uncomfortable. And it, you could easily mistake it for thinking it's, you know, <clears throat> underneath in your lungs, whereas to me it looks like it's the actual skin muscular that's on top um, as opposed to more of the internal organs. What I'd like you to do for that 
is think of it in a more simple terms. Think of it, it's like a, a stress thing or a bad posture thing for yourself. Over the next few weeks, try and do chest opening exercises. You know, can you just hold on and we'll come back to you after the break, Tammy? Sure, thank you. Okay, thank you. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us today with the Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the fascinating Andrew Bartzis. And don't forget, you can get a private session with Andrew or myself by contacting Tanok at Tanok at galactichistorian.com. We'll be able to get to the bottom of your issues and help you see a better way ahead. That's T-E-N-O-C-H at galactichistorian.com. Tammy, are you still there? Yes, I am. Hi, thank you for waiting. Um, what I was saying was, if we if we try and simplify it, um, don't think too in depth about what all this is, but simplify it down to, you remember when we we're very young and, you know, you're in high school or primary school and you're joking around and you had to do these exercises where you go, I must, I must increase my bust. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is what I want you to do. Okay. <laughs> Not for the bust expansion, but to open up that chest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, because to me, if you do that every day, you will open up the chest. You will relax all the muscles and the um, skin, the fascia, everything inside. And it will also help relieve the stress on your back. So another way of looking at this is it's all almost like also trying to give you better posture to hold up the top half of you. So every time you're sitting down, think, I must, I must increase my bust. <laughs> <laughs> See, this yeah. will be an easy way for you to remember it. <laughs> yes, yes. But, but when you do this, you will find that, let's say if you could do that every day, three, four weeks, you're already going to find it's an amazing difference about the tightness. You almost won't feel it because you store a lot of tension there. And when you store tension there, you hunch. And I mean, you're by no means the only woman that does that. A lot of people do it. I mean, not even women, men do that too. Um, but it's, you know, unnatural to be, you know, feel like you're sticking the boobies out all the time. But mm -hmm. even though you feel like they're sticking out, they're not. <laughs> Put a bigger sweater on if you're worried. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing I also am seeing is that you seem to have a lot of, I don't know, tensiony kind of stuff on the top of your the head, more on the uh, right hand side. I think that comes and goes. To me, it looks more like menstrual related kind of hormonal stuff. So when you are going into that time of the month, or you're feeling that kind of, you, you know, that. Urgh, angst and you're mm -hmm. feeling a tightness or even like not headache but I don't know it's just something up there remember to smell something that calms you drink something that calms you like chamomile tea whatever it is for you but just uh, let your senses um, relax with something that you find pleasant and relaxing and you'll find that that tension thing in the head goes but it's going to be a very weird one for you because you're like oh there's no way but Something simple sometimes works, and in this case, it will over that little issue. Okay. Um, and you also said that you had some um, 
lower stuff, or did you not say that? Did I imagine that you said that? Like, well, well, Andrew talked about the tailbone, but I on my right um, side of my stomach, I have a pain that's almost always there, um, and I don't know if it's digestive or something else. It's a sharp. I mean, I have to push to feel it. It's not something I always feel, but it's always there if I push in there. Mm. Mm. Right, right of my navel. Right of my navel. Yeah, I, I can, I can see the energy there. Um, you know, but then I suddenly thought, oh, did you say that? Or am I just seeing it? <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> days. Um, to me, it looks like you have. Um, it's just, it's more like a collection of energies. Let's call it to simplify. I don't know that there's a term for something like this, but I do think there is something there. You're not imagining it, um, but when you do the a lymphatic drainage, I think you'll find that that really does help it dissipate a lot. Um, okay. And I also, uh, you know, agree with Andrew in that maybe you need to look at your salt intake because I think the minute you start releasing stuff with the lymphatic drainage, you'll notice more about the levels of um, salt and toxins in your body. And if you reduce the amount of salt that you use, you will find that that helps dissipate that particular thing a bit faster. Okay. Okay. Thank you. That's okay. Um, and so let me think. Your other thing was relationship, right? Yes, with my husband, yes. Um, like, at the moment, do you think that there is some stress within there? Well, I, I have to describe, you know, I've been with him for over 20 years, and we love each other very much, but there's always been this feeling inside of me that was tearing me in the opposite direction. It, it's always kind of been there, and I've, and I don't know sometimes if I'm a man, you know, if it's something I'm, it's from the past or if it's my authentic self telling me I need to go away from him and, and I'm just ignoring that voice or, um, but there's part of me that is always feeling a little bit trapped and a little bit, um, one foot out in, in some, mm. some area of myself. Mm. Um, I, the way I ask you this question is because to me it looks like you're in an iffy 50-50 kind of position with, with what's going on. I mean, what you've described, I guess, pretty much personifies that. Um, I guess I, I really need to ask you the question is, do you really want to know what is going to happen with you and your husband or do you just want to play it out? I I kind of really want to know. I, I want to know if there's something I need to resolve so that I can move on or am I never going to move on or, mm. you know, yeah, I guess that's what I mean. Okay. Well, let me put it to you like this. If you want this relationship to work and last a lifetime, you need to work harder at it. You need to recognize him for who he is and accept him who he is. Because when I look at you and your energy, it's like you're yearning for something else. But what you have in front of you is wonderful. It's just that you think that, you know, the grass is a bit greener on the side. Not that you have a particular person on the other side that you're looking at. Um, it's just that, you know, like it, how can I put it? It's like reading too many romance novels. 
you're always searching for that one guy that's in all those romance novels that does everything. But in fact, that guy right. doesn't exist. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a, it's a fantasy. It's like the Brady Bunch, um, apple pie life that we all got brought up thinking we're going to have. What you have is amazing, but until you can Good. recognize that, you will always feel like this. And and the drawback of your scenario right now is that if you don't start recognizing it and appreciating it more in a, a verbal and emotional and physical way, you can risk losing what you already have. Okay. That's, um, that's what I needed to know. That's what, exactly what I needed to know. I just need to let go of that part that's niggling at me and, and for once and for all, just yeah. let it go. Yeah, think of it like this. You know, you're a product of um, the society that brought you up. You know, you were taught to always look for someone that is unachievable, is, is not a real person. So right. it, it's no surprise that you keep yearning for it because every day there's, you know, stuff that happens and you think, ah, oh, you know, most men obviously don't do that or most men, you know, would appreciate me more. And in fact, it's not true, but your fallback <laughs> is that because that's what you've been brought up to think. <laughs> right, right. I got you know? it. I get then, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, sometimes yeah. talking with friends and family, they're not super supportive. I mean, you know what it's like sometimes when you're, you're nattering away to the girls, I mean, people don't make an effort to be supportive and go, well, you need, you need to do this. They're like, oh, yeah, he did that. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> you know, they're there with the old knives. I mean, they don't mean it badly, but <laughs> they think yeah. they're being supportive when really they're just reinforcing your little doubt that you have. Whereas, yeah. you know, from today onwards, you know, today is a new day, the beginning of your life. View it differently. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're um, I, I am a lymphatic uh, specialist, and um, so I, I love when you recommend lymphatic drainage for people because that's what I do. Um, do you have any insight into my career path coming up? Do you mean you already do this professionally? Yes, I, I'm a, I actually am a physical therapist, and I specialize in um, treating people with lymphedema, so actually with a condition, you know, um, but I'm coming. I'm coming back from a lymphatic course right now, as we speak. So yes, I do that currently. The the irony of the show, <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. Totally. Do you uh, practice on your own? Or are you part of a, a group or? I work for a company. I do home care, and the patient population I work with are people with very chronic um, illnesses. And often, I work in hospice, palliative care. You know, I work with very, very sick people, and I've been doing this for about four years. But I definitely am craving a change and and looking to be more in the natural healing realm versus the Western medical model. Hmm. Well, it's it's an interesting quandary you're in, really, because what you have at the moment in terms of ease and finance is, is pretty sweet. For you to jump out and do what you're thinking about, there is mm, there will be a pause in financial benefit for a while. So if you don't mind taking that risk and having a few months of not having the same kind of money coming in, then certainly you could do something on your own. 
I sound hesitant because to me it's like that's not necessarily where you are with everything else in your life. Um, right. If if money wasn't an issue and stability wasn't an issue, I'd say, yeah, go for it. But to me, it looks like they'll be problematic for you. So yeah. one of the things I, I would suggest is why don't you consider doing some freelance for the short term? Yeah. Yeah. Get get your name out there, you know, get some referrals. Yeah. Um, even if it has to be done at home, you know, get a curtain, section off a room, yeah. uh, whatever right. it is. Because that will give you a little bit of client base that you can touch and give you the confidence to know that you can go on, on your own. But going on your right. own, you know, there's a lot of costs associated with it as well. Yes. So yes, yes. once you've got that client base, because I think whatever clients you have now, I, I'm not that sure you can touch them if you left. So you well, need no, a new no. client base. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but once okay. you have that, that built up a little bit of self-promotion a little bit of referrals you know call it the chain of happiness ask for one person you know off each mm -hmm. one that is satisfied just say oh would you think they'd like a sample like you know 20 minute mm -hmm. session just to see you know yeah think I about out-of-the-box marketing strategies for yourself because okay the minute you've got 20 clients that are on a regular basis um that see you that's the time where you can think i can do something okay what, other, right, kind of, what, what other kind of mo modalities do you do um i have dabbled in just about everything at some point i've i've been trained in reiki i've been trained in cranial one reiki one cranial one okay um i was a massage therapist for 10 years before i went back to school for physical therapy so i i have quite a bunch of things in my tool belt you know that i can use well, how about, I, how about I give you a little bit of a fourth-dimensional business perspective? Okay. You've just mentioned all of the stuff that I've talked about yes. <laughs> in all of the radio shows, plus the lymphatic drain. If right. you're able to way to synthesize a type of treatment for somebody that's in sports, you could combine um, cranial sacral therapy and lymphatic drain so that they could uh, rapidly recover from injuries um, okay. rapidly recover from mental traumas also okay. if you use the Reiki side on it. Let's say you know somebody that's in sports that's deathly afraid of the stage or is having issues with homework and they're going to fail. You could design specific energizing treatments so that they can be more athletic at one point in time or more mental another point in time. Mm. You can come up with a menu of services that dictates the type of healing you're going to do so that you can create a pricing structure in your advertising. Oh, so, that's a good so, idea. So the next thing is you are with a company. Is there is there a non-compete clause that you might have? Um, no, not at this point, no. Then go go and look at some other sports injury places, and when you apply to them, you're saying, I do this, 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 and I'm looking to this, this, and this type. I'm already employed, and I want to expand my own, and I want either subcontract, maybe weekend, something to like, and like Kathy was saying, get yourself in more doors, more exposure. Okay. Okay, you've been doing it long enough that you you can get personal references where people you know can say you know they should be doing this. The next mm -hmm. thing is you don't necessarily need to have a, a an actual office, but mm -hmm.
but it does mm-hmm. make a difference in what you're trying to project and present. Okay. Okay. So your initial group you're going to look at is more of the elderly. What I'm saying is look at the young and the fit. Okay. Mm-hmm. The young and the fit. Okay. Go to mm-hmm. yoga. Go to yoga places and put up advertisements for lymphatic drain. Are are you fresh into yoga and finding your your body regularly swelling and releasing and swelling and releasing? That's perfect person that needs lymphatic drain, right? Okay. Yeah. And yep. you can demonstrate. Um, you can do a demonstration. You go to the yoga class and do a demonstration. You know, people that are new to yoga, they swell and release, swell and release. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Martial arts studios. You can go and present, you know, for somebody that's, you know, truly trying to train, you can devise a set of four or five or six treatments spread over 90 days that are designed to assist them with their training. If they're doing super amounts of arm training or lots of leg training or even weightlifters. Mm-hmm. So look okay. at that as your menu of services because you can combine Reiki with cranial sacral therapy with what you know about diet, so on and so forth. Okay. Yeah, that's, that sounds good. Sounds really good. Um, did you say there was a health connection with my husband in, yes. in the health? Yes. Okay. It's directly related to how your health is directly related to how much happiness your perception, your hun- your husband generates for you. So if your okay. husband is not generating happiness according to your expectation, your energy levels are very low. Okay. Uh, at some point in, in, in you, you believe you settled for second best with your husband. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. Kathy said, you didn't. Okay. That's good to know. I need to hear okay. that. <laughs> Again, yeah. because your standards were so high that that person doesn't exist. Okay. And there are okay. thousands upon thousands of men and women in the exact same position that you're in. Yeah. That mentally they decided whoever they were was second best, but in an ignorance level, they never re- realized that that thing they're trying to attain doesn't exist in this world. Okay. People are yeah. too human to be perfect. Right, right. Especially okay, perfect, well, I, perfect yeah. to an expectation. I guess you just want to, I, I, the fear was that I was missing a boat or something, that I missed the boat or did something. And that's, not, that's a general overall feeling, not only with my husband, but I'm somehow behind or I missed the boat or I'm not on the right path. You know, I, I have that lingering feeling that I think it's just a feeling. I think it's just, maybe it's not from past. I think that is a part, that is a part of your awakening process that your soul had a little bit of worry that it would have been tough to keep you awake for years in a row and that you could have had regular moments where you fell back to sleep. Yeah. Okay. That's mm-hmm. that's what you're experiencing more, a reminder that you do got to get up and do something. You do got to help assist the world. You do got to be a leader, a thought leader in your local community. You cannot allow everyone else to run the world for you. Yeah. Okay. Is, is there any relationship to the smoking pot or the drinking that I need to, like, do I need to quit it completely? You know, do I need to get that out of my life 100% to be healthy and whole, or is it okay to... Does, do that the, does that does that cause discontent between you and your husband, the smoking and the drinking? Well, well, he doesn't like the drinking at all, but he smokes weed. So a lot, a lot. He smokes it every day. Yes. Okay. Does he smoke more than twenty grams a month? 
I, I don't know. I mean, if he smokes a little bit every day, probably. I don't know. I don't know how much total, really. Ask him. An ounce a month? Quarter a month? Because if it's yeah. a quarter a month, that's not a terrible amount. It's not a high volume. Okay. Depending on if okay. it's all if it's super ITHC. So mm-hmm. when it comes to drinking, if it's mm-hmm. obviously created a disillusionment into you, you should stop drinking. Okay. Now, when it comes to cannabis, my first recommendation for anyone that is trying to quit both at the same time is that it's very tough because your your mind creates dopamine and when you have can- regular amounts of cannabis in there it starts to relax the amount of dopamine that it creates so when you quit alcohol and then you quit you quit tobacco and then you quit weed at the same time however you compound it on there you have far less dopamine to deal with and it means depression comes on very easy so wean yourself away from the smoking and in fact choose to eat it ingest it only instead mm-hmm. of smoking it so that okay. it actually has the longer-term effects on you. Go and purchase cannabis that does not have high THC, but very low THC and high CBDs. Okay. Okay? So okay. you can yeah. still get a bit of a buzz, but you're not getting that 17 or 20% buzz that keeps you stoned for hours and hours and hours. You can right. you know, get away with something that's at 7% THC and 15% CBD, and then you know, two, three hits of that, you know, every every few days gives you enough CBDs in your system that you can start processing the CBDs and actually use cannabis to its greatest advantage for yourself. When you're trying to do what? Quit alcohol, in which you're producing right. less dopamine and your body's uh, uh, still trying to deal with the emotional triggers. Yeah. Okay. Well, when I was, does the dopamine have to do with, I was clean for, you know, 18 months to two years and I had no libido. My libido completely 100% disappeared during that time. Is that because of the dopamine? Yes. Now, I was kind of, I was going to decide if I was going to touch on the libido side for you. Now, how much of this lack of libido has really caused you to look at your husband this way, that he's not able to turn you on? Or you well, won't let him. Well, I don't know. It could be a little bit of both, but I know that when I use cannabis, I I'm excited. I get excited again. But when I'm not using, when I wasn't using it for a while, I had no like no interest, you know. And so I don't. I do wonder where the you know what is it? Is it a chemical thing? Is it uh inter? You know, is it because of him and I'm not attracted to him? I I don't really know. It is the soup of how you combined alcohol and marijuana and grew up. So yeah, it isn't right. one thing. But right. the, the dopamine levels or the acetylcholine levels or whatever else that are the emotional chemicals that are, are part of there, the whole alchemical process the, the is not in order. It's too many parts of this or too many little parts of this. So for you, it's probably going to be detoxing. Um, mm. You know, I would stick with the cannabis and switch to eating and then wean yourself away as much as you can, at least by eating it or moving to high CBDs, you'll, you'll get the benefits out of it. Go and do some type of advanced colon cleansing. Make sure mm-hmm. you do your liver. You may, you may discover your liver lets go in, in colonics so much that it makes you think, you know, maybe I want to go and take a class in colonics so I can save money and do it for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, you know, an intensive, and anyone that's had had their bout with alcohol, you know, whatever volumes it is, you know, you're looking at a 
three to eight, three to eleven week detox process, unless you were a heavy abuser, and then you're talking, you know, many more months added onto that. And why mm-hmm. months? Because it took you that months, that m- amount of time to, you know, a long time to to build up the toxicities in there. And if you go too fast, you will actually make yourself toxic sick, or it'll okay. be like flu sub symptoms. So okay. when it comes to the libido, your libido is 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 still connected to the woman who created libido and sexual drive in the first place. Mm-hmm. And was that original woman involved in the party and the drinking and the drugs? Yes. That is the imprint that is stopping you from being with your husband because the imprint is you are still a free woman then. Okay. Okay, I want to bring Kathy in here to talk a little bit more about the free woman and imprints from our our, our, our young age and how they affect our sexuality. Mm. Tammy, one of the things I'd like to ask is, you know, with the um, pausing of the libido, is like on a on a general level, do you spend time setting up stuff, you know? yourself and the situation the scene so to speak before we get amorous or is it just more roll into bed and see what happens um well you know we've been trying different things so we've you know we've been getting more you know trying to do more things to you know stimulate interest let's just say that okay i know it's, it's a very <laughs> hard <laughs> topic to discuss on here <laughs> well at yeah. all really um i'm asking you this because you know when i look at your energy it seems to me like you don't have enough of the romance setting to start with it, it seems too um uh you know cold is not the right word too uh um direct I guess I could say. Um, I think maybe, you know, you've spent too much time thinking about the actual doing of business rather than the um, the prelude to the thinking about doing of the business. Um, mm-hmm. So for you, when I look at your energy, you know, you're actually a very girly girl, even though you don't mm-hmm. think you are and you don't present as a girly girl. In terms mm-hmm. of what you like and, and what um, makes you happy in, in that kind of aspect is kind of a girly girl kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, romance is important for you. Um, setting the scene. And, and by that, I just mean things like, you know, put on some candles. Oh, hang on. We're coming up to the ad. Can you just hold on, Tammy? Sure, sure. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us today in Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the fascinating Andrew Bartzes. And for those of you interested in a private session and that want to go deeper with your questions with either Andrew or myself, go ahead and call the office now at 1 for America 360-894-0692, and they will be happy to answer any questions you have. Again, the number for a one-on-one session with Andrew or myself is 1 for US 360-894-0692. And also, for those of you that don't know, Andrew is offering a free video series called 
living the mystical life daily. And he shows you some tools and gives you knowledge about how to have mystical experiences in your everyday life. You can sign up for free at andrewbartzis.com. Just put your name and email when you get to the page and you'll receive the first video right away. Again, just get it at andrewbartzis.com and enter your name and email to receive the Living the Mystical Life Daily series. Uh, Tammy, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, so we were talking about setting the scene, right? Um, yes. So for you, you know, really the more romantic, girly, girly stuff would be um, get you going uh, easier. So it's, you know, things like candles, music, um, nice sheets, clean bedroom setting, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. li little warm bath or, you know, warm shower beforehand just to relax you, get the way the day's tensions and all that energy off your head. Um, and when you prim yourself up like this for yourself, in actual fact, you will find that your husband reacts well to it because he will start to anticipate and understand the ritual is for him, even though you're doing mm -hmm. it for you and your <laughs> togetherness. <laughs> <laughs> he will do it as a priming for him so he will react in the you know gentlemanly macho manner of oh you know <laughs> um mm -hmm. it's things like that keeping it simple can really work for the two of you um mm -hmm. because don't forget you know your everyday life you're, you're dealing with people that are very ill um in hardship dying you take that energy with you everywhere you go because you're such a, mm -hmm. you know, healing and warm-hearted person. You actually need a process as well to um, physically help you cleanse that energy off as well as just the mental stuff that you do. Does that make sense yeah. for you? Yes, very much. Yeah. And, you know, also your hubby is one of those guys that absolutely loves being adored if you were to spend just you know two minutes giving him a little footy a little foot massage you would find mm -hmm. that he will then react in a positive way that gives you something not just the physical side of it but his his wow i can't believe you you're so tired and you do this for me um mm. infuses him to do more for you which then will help with the whole togetherness libido situation I mean, okay. these are very, very simple things. Sometimes you've got to go back to basics. Um, yeah. And, you know, for you, like, if you're going to watch anything beforehand, like on telly, I would say go for the inspirational love stories, you know, not, mm -hmm. the, not the super soppy ones, but the ones that, wow, you know, after all that terrible things that happen, that challenges, they, you know, there's love, <laughs> you know, whatever mm -hmm. kind of love, you know, not not like, you know, porno stuff <laughs> I, I know I know what you mean <laughs> you've got to get that imagination and that uplifting in your heart going because when you have that outside when you get into the boudoir you'll just carry that on you know Aww. and so you, you've got a lot of stuff going on so you've got you know a little bit here a little bit there a little bit over there they'll all fuse and you'll find it will make a big difference okay thank you you're welcome. Thank you so much for calling, Tammy. It's been great to talk Thank to you. Thank you. Thank you, Bo. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And you have a really good day, and, and uh, we'll keep telling people about lymphatic drain. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Keep doing it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right, darling. Take it easy. Thanks.
Bye-bye. Kathy, we, we, we get some really unique callers every every time. And, and I know that she is going to be a teacher for many other people out there who are in such similar relationships, situations as them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. You can always find that every week we have callers that you they touch on issues where you think, wow, you know what? I actually do know a few people that could probably, you know, benefit from what we've just talked about because there are issues that they either won't recognize in themselves or they can't talk about it. And just hearing it being brought up and talked about so openly really helps people's mindset. Yes. So we're going to move on to the next caller via Skype. Janice, where are you calling from today? Hi, I'm calling from New Mexico. Hi, Janice from New Mexico. What kind of questions do you want to ask today? Wow, I have a wonderful bag of questions to ask you guys. I should. So, how did you find I... out? How did you find out about the show? One of my closest kind of soul family friends told me about you, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been only about a month since I've been listening, but I've been really, really absorbing your material and benefiting so much and kind of waking up um, in a new way because I had some of my first wake up over 20 years ago and, uh, oh, my heart's beating so fast. So, <laughs> um, so it, it ju- I just feel like I landed on the pot of gold with you guys. So, I really Alrighty. am well, glad to be here. <laughs> the, the rainbow is shining in our direction. And what kind of questions totally, you want to start totally. with? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested to find out not only um, personally, but in kind of in general, uh, because I do work with people as well. And just trying to understand on a very comprehensive level about soul contracts. And I'm really curious about fine print and, how we uh and how those are different and how they kind of manifest and if they manifest in different ways um i'm also very interested in soul shards and just my relationship with that as well okay so i got i got a question out of out of the acacia record right field first do you have a foot injury that you have been ignoring for years yes (laughs) that is an example of fine print Okay. As great. long That's as you fun. don't, as that, as long as you don't acknowledge the foot injury and heal it, you are literally robbing yourselves of gifts of new energy because that, that foot cannot absorb the energy and the spiritual path that you're doing. Yeah, and I haven't been ignoring it. I've been doing what I know to do, but um, you, uh, do you need I could, surgery? I need surgery. Do you need surgery? Do you no, even know? I, no, no. It's what not did you like do to that. the foot? Um, I actually don't know, um, but it it happened around. Uh, I mean, I started experiencing a frozen right, big big toe, on the right foot, frozen joint. Yeah, uh, that's not good. That's synaptic right. nerve being damaged. Okay, and it was at a time uh, where a number of, where I was not, I was practicing Aikido and doing yoga, and but I'm not actually sure how it happened. You might have just been a, a stress injury after doing so many punches and kicks that an area just broke down inside. There's not an actual fracture, but you could have a piece of bone that's decomposing. Oh, I see. Hmm. 
It's important yeah. that you go and get a doctor to check it out so that this I am presence knows that you're not ignoring the fine print anymore. Great. Great. Thank you. Okay. Because uh, on the metaphorical level, with that injury to your foot, you aren't in harmony and balance in the spiritual path that you're, walk you're walking. And it's your warning sign to take care of this before the journey has its uphill, its uphill process to it. Because you're on the journey, you're on the next part of the uphill process where you're leaving the plateau of, of safety and going into the world of the seen and the unseen. Yes. And you are going to chart a course through that that's going to keep you sane, that's going to keep you balanced, and it's going to keep you in a state of awareness. And if you constantly have pains that you're ignoring, your awareness cannot be accurate enough to determine what's coming at you in the seen and the unseen world simultaneously. Your next question was about soul shards. We mm -hmm. all have soul shards. We all have spiritual contracts. Some are more agreements than they are contracts. What the real definition of a spiritual contract is, is when a soul is a fetus in the womb and it has its date of birth given to it, it has a fuse in which it will make spiritual contracts. Who will be my third grade teacher? Who will be my first lover? Who will be this? Who will be that? Who will be this? And what is the percentage chance and potential of actually achieving that? If I want to make something a rock-solid agreement, I go and make a spiritual contract with another being during that, my time in the womb. Got it. Okay, There are some spiritual contracts that go from one life to the next life to the next life because you chose to be born in a lineage that carries on these concepts, sometime for the good, sometime for the bad, and sometime for both. These are known as lineage, DNA lineage mm, luggage. They could be a curse or it could be a val volume of knowledge that's only available to that DNA lineage. And when a person becomes high frequency enough, they have access to the lineage records. This is kind of what is going to be happening to you. You're, you're getting access to lineage records that allows you to question your spiritual amnesia. Right. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Once you are able to question spiritual amnesia, it's a matter of creativity, processing, and then remembering. So a vital thing for you during this time is journaling, journaling, journaling. And you can even say to yourself, if I'm not journaling one word every day, I'm faking this experience. Right. I know I've heard you say that. Yeah. yeah. I wrote two pages just to get on the call with you guys. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and, it's, and it's now working for you. The next layer here is can you do artwork or music? I totally do both already. I Actually, I wanted to ask you because – um, music is probably one of the first kind of to total full spectrum soul families that I feel like I'm part of. Um, and, and I've had many issues and traumas around music, um, that happened very early in my life. And one of the thing, one of my refuges is I somehow sing, but I think I'm singing in a soul language, like, but I would sing as a kid, like while I was vacuuming, so no one would hear me. Mm -hmm. you that's know, called that. light. That's the light language. Light language. Okay, yeah. yeah. And a soul language, the same same concept. Okay. And because that came naturally to you, is why you're having an awakening now, and why your awakening is not full of very harsh stuff. Because there are a lot of people that, in their fine print, as soon as they wake up, they experience the harsh stuff first to see if it puts them back to sleep. 
Well, I have actually experienced some of that. <laughs> not in the levels that you yeah. could have. No, okay, totally. Trust, trust me. You're not in the That's levels great. that you could. You're not one of the callers that's calling in crying or the ghost hanging around him. Right. Okay. Yeah. And we get those. Yeah. And that yeah. is part of the awakening process. That's why I talk about spiritual sovereignty. So if you can start to write songs that are uh-huh. talking about spiritual sovereignty, that include a, a prayer of protection for your spiritual sovereignty and all of your future versions and past versions of yourself. And then after you figure the English out of it, what does it take for me to sing this emotional representation through my light language? Well, I, I feel like I've already been singing it in a light language because when you are, I... are, but you haven't written it in yeah. English oh, okay. and I allow the, the brain to do, uh, do it, it in English and allow the brain and the heart to naturally translate it into its own resonant light language. Great. That's a transmutation process. By doing this, you will elevate your frequency many, many fold. Yes, I've been waiting for that. So Now I want to bring Kathy in here and talk about what's going on in your business and finance life because there's there's something going on there between that and your spiritual life. Oh, my God, totally. (laughs) I guess. Hi. So what, what is going on in your business life? Oh, lack of going on. Right. Um, well, I feel like I hit a juncture last summer where um, it's almost like I had an, a series of deflations, like, de- you know, defeats or deflations, but it's really on a, a heart or kind of it's a very personal thing with myself. You know, I feel like, ugh, you know, just like let all this, cause I'm very inspired by my work. I, you know, I do two different kinds of consulting and then at times I feel like, but this isn't it. I'm supposed to be doing something else. Mm-hmm. So it's a flip flop a lot of the time, but I, I had a situation with um, clients and connections where it's almost like it just dropped for me and it really hasn't quite picked up and I'm so um can I ask you yeah, would yeah. you mind um uh giving me an example of the deflation or is that too much for you to talk about oh no it's not too much to talk about let's see like a well I was working with a, a family and I felt like they uh, it's almost like um I had a series of uh client sessions set up to do the kind of work I do and somehow they encountered money issues, but they were like the last type of clients that I was expecting them to experience money issues. Mm -hmm. So somehow hit this juncture together and they just canceled two sessions that they had with me. And at that, um, at that moment I realized I had compromised my own integrity because I didn't have like a 24 hour cancel clause or, mm. you know, I didn't have enough fine print, so to mm. speak. Mm. You know, I in, get you uh, in my business practices. And mm. so I actually felt like I had failed myself in some way. Mm. And, mm. and then I kind of just lost my, uh, in, 
I don't know what, if it's inspiration. Maybe you see something there, but that's the question I've been asking myself. Like, mm. What happened such that I lost my own faith in myself or something? Mm. When you say you do two types of healing, what, what types are they? Um, I do, it's consulting work. I do human design consulting and I do work with people and their animals, um, kind of, uh, embodying awareness in the companionship relationship between the animal and the person so that the people can wake up, uh, through the intelligence of their, their own companion animal, um, Oh, like a a dog or a cat? You mean, or yeah, it can be horses too, Horse. or or I goats. You know, it depends what yeah. person, what kind of so animal. So a little so, bit animal whisperer kind of stuff. It's, yeah, it's a little bit like that, but it's so it's equally for the person and the animal. You know, it's like a unified okay. experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm asking about that because I keep seeing roosters, and I'm thinking, why you do you? <laughs> Why on earth would you have Bruce? <laughs> but I suppose if you do, well, I chicken I know. <laughs> I, could be, I remember you had a client. You had a call-in person who was a chicken whisperer in another life. I remember that. <laughs> now, what is the secret call to make them lay eggs? Come on, tell me. <laughs> no, but roosters could be very cool. Any animal is so amazing. Just their unique consciousness that you you know it's fat. It would I would be game for any animal that snakes mm -hmm. or any you know bird anything that okay. people had a connection with yeah okay um i think i i see i understand your picture a bit better um i think one of the issues that you're dealing with at the moment is probably more about self-worth than anything i mean i know you know you, you said you should have done better practice business practices and but the truth is until things like cancellations come up you don't set the policy because you you can't possibly predict everything. And because you're a one-man band, you're not as technical with, with all that kind of stuff um, as other people. And the reality is with some of the clients that you have, even if you did have a cancellation policy, it doesn't mean they would have paid it anyway. <laughs> so, well, that's true. Right. You know, it, it's like, you know, don't flog a dead horse. Like, it's okay. that you, You're just smarter. You've learned another thing. That's all. Don't Don't take that on board. Uh, as being a failing or uh, you you um, did not fully uh, predict all the possible scenarios because that's just business. That's just life. It happens, you learn, you move on. Um, to me, it looks like a lot of your energy seems down, uh, not so much in the uh, depression kind of down, but more like, you know, it's easy to knock you over. Like if you're very grounded, and I gave you a little nudge, you know, you don't move. But when you knock around it, I just give you a little nudge and you topple over. That's kind of where you are now. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things you need to do is really focus on yourself in terms of grounding. Um, and this is for all aspects of your life. But you will notice a lot more in work. Because the more grounded you are every day, the more things will not affect you the same. Think of it more like, at the moment, you're operating as 70% of yourself. What you want is at least 90%. Okay, not everyone can be 100% all the time. So let's just aim for 90. So that means you need to be more grounded all the time. You need to look at things that are upsetting you at the moment or knocking you off kelter and say, no more. 
it happens, I can deal with it, and I'm good. Don't let it push you off where you are. You know, think of yourself being on a pedestal, and you can't fall off the pedestal because it'll hurt. As long as you stand the pedestal, you're okay. And the pedestal is you being grounded. Mm-hmm. So when you start telling yourself and you start believing it and feeling it that you cannot be pushed over, you cannot be pushed around, then it will happen. Right. Once once you're in that place of very groundedness, then I want you to have a look at what's going on in your work situation. Because to me, it looks like everything you're involved with right now is really not for you. It works, right. <laughs> yes. It's, it's money, yes. But this is really not a true purpose for you. Um, because all of this is like, yeah, lovely, lovely. But not really, oh, I want to get up today and I've got to go and do this, you know. Right, right. To me, it looks like what, what you really are striving for or what you are going to end up with, which I think is positive for you, is you will definitely be involved with people. Mm-hmm. Oh, the music's coming up. Could you just hold on, Janice? Sure, sure. Thank you. Happy to, yeah. Welcome back, everyone, to Adventures into Reality with myself, Kathy Ma, and the legendary Andrew Bartzis. And remember, you can get a private session with Andrew or myself by contacting Tanok at Tanok at GalacticHistorian.com. That's T-E-N-O-C-H. And we'll be able to get to the bottom of your issues and help you see a better way ahead. Are you still there, Janice? I am. Hi. Uh, Hi. Thank you for being patient and waiting. Yeah, sure. Um, So we were talking about where I see you going. I see you definitely working with people. And to me, it's almost like it's um, counseling. I wouldn't say body work. I would say it's talking. And I don't mean like psychiatry talking, but it's almost like a life coach type of thing. To me, it's like you have a lot to say. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you as a being, as a soul, as a person, you're very wise. I mean, you've got wisdom well beyond your years. I mean, some of the stuff you come out with, people must look at you and go, wow, are you like 100? (laughs) (laughs) How how could you know that? (laughs) You know, um, and to me, it looks like you're going to do some training. Whether I tell you this or not, you would go ahead and do it because you're going to naturally gravitate towards this. To me, it looks like, um, later in the year or probably next year, you're going to find something that you just run across and it just draws you. And once you start doing it, the world is your oyster. It'll be like, I know what I need to do. I know what I want to do and I know I can do it. And you'll be very good at it. So don't discount your own words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't actually, but it's the kind of thing that happens out kind of totally outside of a business context and so I've experienced what you're saying, and I have people could vouch for what you said <laughs> as yeah. well. Yeah, but don't you worry about it. You just continue with what you're doing and just keep searching because it will come across your path and right. you will just gravitate towards it. it the, the only issue for you right now is the timing isn't here yet. So yeah. it doesn't really, from a big point, a big picture point of view, it doesn't really matter what you're doing between now and then. Right. Just whatever well, makes I, you happy and whatever you know, mm-hmm. puts food on the table. Yeah, the finances are very uh, kind of 
hot issue right now. And uh, I've been doing some work, but I also have a very old injury in my arms. So anytime I do work, because I'm skilled also with a lot of hand um, skills, and mm-hmm. I, I do that, that's the kind of work that comes to me and is offered to me, but immediately my arms are numb. And what do you mean by hand skills? Well, I've done um, everything from, well, I was a body worker for many years and had to stop because my arms were literally numb all the time. So I have everything from all sorts of, uh, I was a sculptor for 15 years. I taught woodworking and fine furniture building, and I was a natural builder, and um, I have a permaculture background, and I, you know. Those are the bodies at the give out point. Yeah. All right. So it, it is going to be important that you call upon a body of healers that you can get regular healing work so that you can understand that these pauses in economy for you right now are also so that your heart and body can catch up so that when you do have to go back into work, you're not falling in back into what you were doing before. Yeah, I, I, I tuned into that. So thank you for affirming that. Yeah. So do you have someone you can call upon that can do regularly, regular energy work on your specific injuries? Possibly, but I sometimes feel that they have too much of an agenda and I can't actually surrender, uh, to the degree, like they want to, they see things and they want to tell me what they see kind of without, really listening to me does that make sense yes but sometimes you just have to let them say their stuff because it is a part of the equation that your i am um, can't deal with the remainders of the long division and sometimes just non sequitur words is enough for the remainder to be resolved mm-hmm. okay uh-huh. they may need nothing to you and may need everything to that person only because that's what was needed the moment to cancel something that was truly causing you an issue. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. That's good perspective for me to have. Mm -hmm. The other, the other choice is maybe look to trade some work with somebody that is a body worker that, you know, is skilled and that can begin to truly chart an agenda into healing your body because your hands are going numb means you have synaptic nerve ending damage. And you need to take care of that so that you can be functional in the rest of your life without with some semblance and quality of life behind it. Right. I've actually been trying to attend to that for it's it's a twenty year old injury. So I've been literally it's put me on my healing path because of that injury. And uh, I will say tiger bomb pads. Tiger bomb pads. <laughs> Kin, uh, kinios, uh-huh. kinos, kinesthetic tape. Kinesthetic Tartar- tape. Yeah, mm-hmm. start to learn that, get the energy healing work. Anyways, we have got to move on to the next caller, but you've been you've been special. There are a lot of people out there that are going to learn a lot. Thank right you. away when I pegged so that foot injury, you mm-hmm. take care of that foot injury, you get 50% of your energy back. Wonderful. Thank okay. you. You guys have been amazing to just be part of your journey. So thank you. You've been opened my horizons up. Thank you again. You're welcome. Well, and you have a beautiful rainbow horizon day. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kathy, too. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, we're going to move on to our last caller for the day. Tracy, are you there? Oh, hi, Andrew, Kathy. Thank you for taking my call. I've been waiting. Oh, very nice. Where are you calling from today? 
Uh, I'm calling from Toronto, Canada. Toronto, Toronto Canada. Canada. Very nice. So what kind of questions do you want to ask? Um, this is my second time calling. Last time was November. Um, I do have a question uh, regarding my meditation, uh, which started early 2012. Um, during my meditation, sometimes I would have like an OBE, which is like a, I feel like I'm floating out of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened many times. So... Um, now I learned possibly most time I just uh, went to the etheric uh, layer, which I feel like I'm like I would be like blind because I could see nothing like all darkness, and um, and there would be some like beams were pulling my feet up, and uh, also once in a while like a couple days ago like I I would feel like a, like a being possibly using the fist against my feet to push me right back to my body uh like now i learned i just like um, force myself to to wake up um there was there was this thing happened i think uh, last year was um when i was being like pulling up um hands changed like pulling me up uh, like higher and then threw me uh, over to uh, like a like a spinning wheel the whole time i couldn't see nothing actually when i was um like like i i asked them who 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 you are they never answered me and when i was throwing on the on the uh, spinning wheel. I know it's bad. I tried to get up, but I couldn't. So, after maybe uh, three to four times spinning, I feel like um, the my left index finger and the tip of my finger, uh, I got uh, like a some injection, kind kind of injection. So, so I I try to push it, push it out right away, but uh, I couldn't. So I, I I came back. I know it's bad. Um. So my question is um. I have some idea who they possibly are, but I, I like to uh, take your, um, like your perspective, like who they are and what they want. Am I in, okay. like, am were, I their target? Yeah. Okay. What you were experiencing is called spiritual vertigo. Oftentimes beings that have out-of-body experiences at a very young age, and they, they grow into a point where they don't know what to do with their out-of-body experiences. They just have it while their body's out and dreaming. There are times that other, other spirits see that as a, a, a moment to become a predator. I think in this situation, you found yourself in the spiritual vertigo, didn't know where to go. And when you, you triggered something was going on, something was pulling at my feet, that was actually your parasympathetic body trying to bring you back to the physical body because the dreaming self was about to unify with the I am self. Do you understand okay. that? So, so basically, the um, the being like uh, putting like uh, putting me back to my body. That's uh, for the uh, for the unit. Uh, like um, that's good. That's your parasympathetic side. It doesn't necessarily make it good, but oh. what it means is it's not an external being doing this to you. It's a part of yourself that doesn't want to see you succeed. Um. Why? It's your parasympathetic as your survival mechanism. It's what houses the ego, the ego programs. It's yes. what it's yes. what manages living in the system of a world that that doesn't really care for its people. 
Okay. It's what has to deal with the ugliness and the beauty simultaneously. So it wants to stay living. It wants to stay in charge because you have given it power at a very young age. We all do. We give our parasympathetic and our ego power so that when we're off and the, and the ether is discovering the universe, we can still go and do our job, put the paper together for college, you know, feed the kids, whatever it takes. We don't need our whole soul there. And because the, the, the parasympathetic has had that happen to it for so long, after a while, it believes it's the soul. Okay. And that is what's going on with you. It is more of your, your ability to live in the ethers at a young age or living in a spiritual world at a young age has now given you the juxtaposition where the adult has to actively use the skill and the body itself doesn't want you to use the skill because if you do, you'll discover a way that won't include the body into the processes. Um, okay, first of me, like, um, um, as I remember when I was, uh, before I started to meditate, I, I never had OB, never. And also, um, this is like a really coming with the meditation because uh, like my body will float, like even sometimes it's hard to hold it back. Like, like suddenly my legs will be like a, mm-hmm. like a, and that is the natural like a 10 process. Long. Yeah. Yes. That is your natural body trying to raise your frequency by yes. trying to get you the I am presence to experience the out of body experience and not let something take that experience away by dragging you back into your body or distracting you with fear. Okay. Then, then who are those um, threw me on this uh, spinning wheel and gave me an in- in- injection, which is a little bit tiny, tiny bit um, pain, actually. And I tried hard. I actually see some a uh, little bit like a blue blue whitish uh, light i don't think anyone actually gave you an injection i think that was your parasympathetic way of it triggering fear in you and that your mind created something because it was you were in adrenal gland and the adrenal gland is trying to end the mystical experience of the out of body oh okay because um a uh, couple, couple like um, maybe three months later, when when this happened again, again like uh, that day, maybe I forgot. I don't, I don't want this, but I kind of maybe tired, so I got to put up again, and um, and I feel dangerous. Well, anyway, I try hard to look at them, even it's almost like always like darkness, right? Mm-hmm. So when I look at them, I, I saw some beams, and um, and um, it's like a. F- four like uh, shorter ones and with one tall one and uh, I, I get back right away okay once again, it shows me as soon as you're experiencing fear, it's turning on the adrenal gland, which to me it says it's housed in your body, that there's some program that you've created at a very young age that when you go high frequency, high spiritual, and are at those moments where much more mystical is available to you, the body itself tries to shut that experience off. And it will oftentimes create illusions and shadows and stuff for our adrenal gland mind, not love be- love first mind, to occupy itself with. And, and there was another time, I just remember, I just want to share with you. Um, when I was out there, I was like a floating um, 
Usually before I was try, I, I would try to like fly high because I know when I fly high overseas, I live like a like a blue sky. So because I like the light, I don't like the darkness. But anyway, then there was some sound, and uh, I was um, like attracted to a to a door. The door is like a jump out a kind of cartoon, look like a cat, and uh, and also I feel this uh, strength kind of pulling me into. So like very hard. I tried a little bit harder to. To get out. So my my question is, um, do you think there's some beings like um, or, or traps in our etheric uh, layer for for people like um, me who meditate, maybe activate the chakra system already? That that stuff does exist, and I it talk doesn't about, exist. No, it does. It does exist, and I've talked about it in many shows where you have spirits that wait for people to go and meditate. Why? Because you're becoming high frequency. This mm-hmm. is why I, 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 I speak every time that you have to make your meditation sacred. You have to declare your protections, prepare the environment, because if you don't, you're open to spiritual predation, where the mm-hmm. predators will come and will use you. That is why it's your responsibility to activate the protection, to also know that when you're done with the meditation, you have to close it down so that something doesn't use that portal of creation against you. This is the disciplined way of life that each person creates for themselves so that every mystical experience is special, is protected, and able to be remembered fully without the interruptions that come from whether it's the physical body or the external source that's trying to influence you. Wow. (laughs) Um, Like, how to do this uh, like a protection I mean in an easy way I know uh, possibly I'm like a naturally maybe a trusting person so mm-hmm. and I don't like to <laughs> read a lot of things before and after I kind of just trust but I guess I should um, you can't wing it anymore and that's right. what these experiences are telling you that you have to give it structure the structure of foundational protection so you can trust yourself enough to say my environment is safe I can do this Yes, most time, yes. but uh, So uh, preparing your environment over days, weeks, months, and years is important for you. Protecting okay. the four corners of your bed every week, maybe okay. protecting the four corners of your, uh, or your house or your apartment every month, okay. regularly saging your apartment, regularly coming up with new prayers, not repetitive prayers, that add to the total potential of your soul, the types of dreams that you want to have, so that you're constantly expanding who you are. Okay, okay. I, I do a lot of prayer, um, like just spontaneously. I didn't follow any book, like uh, maybe earlier years, but this several years, I guess I'm become lazy. And, uh, and um, oh, okay, I will follow you, um, suggest. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, what other kind of questions did you have? Uh, yes, I, I have a second question. Um, Regarding, like, um, I guess it's a relationship issue. Um, do you see if there is, um, like, a, any energy of uh, mine uh, or any my personality kind of uh, prevent the right partner to come to my life? Do you have a partner now? No. When's the last time you had a partner? Uh, I would say 2011. <laughs> a long time. Yeah. I just been solo for for years. Why? Why? Um, Who hurt you? I guess, I guess I'm looking inside of myself, finding myself, 
And no, if no, I no, 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 no. 20, year, 20 years, darling. Who hurt you? Or, or what, what situation hurt you to, to stay away from partnership for 20 years? Oh, not 20 years. Sorry, just five years. Five years. I'm like, I thought you said 20 <laughs> years. I'm like, come on. <laughs> like half my life. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but, but to answer your question, I, I do feel like uh, I didn't have much luck to, to meet the right person. But it, it'll also be maybe because I'm learning and growing because I wouldn't blame, you know, the, another half or the, or the failure or whatever, right? So, <laughs> so what's going on in your energy field is you're changing so much that what you're putting out to the universe as a potential companion, mate, or friendship is is old news by the time it reaches them. <laughs> you know what? This is something uh, a friend of mine. She 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 has um she has some um, ability. I would say I trust her, and she she said something um, like uh, familiar to me half a year ago because she would say she sees something, then get gone, and I'm like, like a hold on to them, right? Yeah. Well, th- this is something that you have to understand. You have to create what I call standing sine waves of your I am choice. That is things that when you root and you anchor, that become mm-hmm. so innate in your spiritual prayers that it's done with the highest form of flow, which is I am balancing and stabilizing my personal signature frequency. So a signature frequency match of a mate can come to me. I balance my perspectives of both male and female to discover where I'm at in the personal experience of interpersonal relationships. I open my life and my dreams to having new people being a part of that so I can begin to co-create with a companionship that shows me love that will last for many years. I activate all of my spiritual gifts that assist me in finding the right and perfect person for this moment in time so I may continue to grow and learn from the lessons that love has to teach. Wow, thank you. Um, I'm going to re-listen this again and write it down and, um, and say it, yes. Okay, I, I want to bring Kathy in here real quick about you know uh, amplifying the love life. We only got a couple minutes left, but I know she'll have another little thing for you, a nugget. Sure, sure. Thank you, thank you. Hi, Tracy. Hello, um, Kathy. <laughs> I really think that Andrew has hit it straight on the nail. Um, what you put out and by the time it's received can be two different things. One of the things that you really need to focus on, and this is highlighted in your meditation as well, is the grounding. Uh, I know you think you're very grounded, but really you might start off grounded, but the minute you get excited, it's gone. You're like, oh, <laughs> you're like, Sometimes, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's discipline and practice. So that's something that you need to focus on in all aspects of your life. So okay. when it comes to love it's the same thing attracting a partner being yourself being open to relationships the more grounded you are the more you will find that opportunities do arise i have one word of advice for you though for potential partners is you talk way too much you've got to let people have a chance to talk when you first meet people you're very shy you hardly say anything but once those floodgates open you do not stop you do not draw breath so that's one thing you need to adapt um to uh have an easier time at getting to know people is 
look at your watch every five minutes and think to yourself, did they speak? Because if they haven't spoken, then it's time for you to be quiet and let them say something. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. It's just, you know, there has to be to and fro in a conversation. So guys get intimidated when they don't get to talk. Uh, oh. So that's just something, a little tip that you can use. So when you have those potentials that you can successfully go further with it. Mm -hmm. If I was to look at you and your love life as a whole, I would say probably you're looking at a relationship coming up maybe later in the year. But to me, I don't know that you'll want it. Like, it is a nice relationship, but, you know, you have a lot of requirements. And it's good to be picky. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But there is, it's not like you have no one interested. It's more that you are more discerning. Mm -hmm. uh, so don't you worry about it. Because I do see someone out there for you. Uh, and it will happen in less than five years. I'm going to give you a five-year period because I can see by your energy, if I give you a time frame, you will go now and put it on your calendar and you will sit at home every day and wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let me be vague and say somewhere in there, so don't, don't think about it. It's just going to happen. Don't worry that it's not going to happen. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you very much for the, <clears throat> for the good words. And... Um, I'm trusting the universal power because <laughs> I'm part of it. Well, you know, sometimes when you um, are waiting for someone or a great potential um, or a great love in your life, it seems like a long time. But when you meet them, you're glad you waited because everything else just fails by comparison. Yes. Um, and I would see myself like I'm not just sitting here waiting and doing nothing. I feel like I'm... I'm um, learning a lot about uh, <clears throat> about the love, about myself, and uh, making progress. And uh, maybe I'm not out there looking because the way uh, people do. You don't need to go out there and look, though. You know, I'll tell you this thing mm -hmm. is that when you meet, it will be pure accident and nothing to do with going to a bar or a party, nothing like that. Exactly. I don't want to do those things because I find them. Um, well, it's just as well because that's not where you're going to meet. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you can go if you want to. <laughs> okay. Love attraction, eh? I don't mean don't go and have fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, Tessie. You're welcome. Thank you so much for calling, Tracy. It's great to hear you and that things are going good for you since we last spoke. Yes, thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. It's been awesome to hear all your stories. 